Uh, so, hi everyone, and welcome to our series in Fruits of the Spirit, where um, in this particular one we have the living legend of David Rain. <laughs> Um, and uh, we are going to go deeper on um, one aspect of the fruit of the spirit, which is peace. Um, and it comes in that kind of first three, isn't it? You've got love, joy, peace. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the they're they're a bit different from the others because there's something of a, a presence about them, isn't there? There's something of a um, something in which you kind of exude or experience rather than you not necessarily go and do it's a bit more difficult to go and i don't know give somebody joy to give somebody do you, yeah, i don't know if that makes much sense it does and so yes. this this one is a um uh but they're really powerful um, and really really important mm. and um and so we're just going to see if we can plumb the depths <laughs> of david to to see what goodness and golden nuggets that we can get out so when we when we talk about peace Mm. Um, what kind of things from a kind of biblical perspective should be springing to our mind? What kind of things um, should we be thinking about? Because, you know, it says, doesn't it, that, that Jesus comes to bring a peace that's not of this world, but is something that is much greater. Yes. Uh, the phrase that comes straight to mind is the, the peace that passes all understanding. Mm. And because it's from God... Yeah. It is beyond my brain to uh, identify how it works, um, precisely what it is, mm. but you just get a sense. Um, C.S. Lewis said that you can't, uh, God can't give us happiness or peace apart from himself. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people go around looking for happiness, looking for peace. Um, and it just doesn't exist apart from a relationship with God. Um, Jesus breathed on his followers and said, my peace I give to you. Mm. Um, that was before his crucifixion and resurrection, I think, from Riley. Yeah, that's kind of, it's the, the moment, isn't it, where the, the disciples receive the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, but they've uh, not yet been baptised in the Holy Spirit. That obviously comes uh, on the day of Pentecost. Yeah. But it's interesting that, isn't it, that in the uh, as we're talking of the, the fruit of the Spirit, when Jesus breathes his Spirit into the disciples, that the first thing he says is that he's, he's giving them his peace. That he's, um, It just shows that there's something really significant about it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you, you have in the Old Testament, don't you, this understanding of the, the shalom, of God there and do you think that when Jesus is talking about this peace that he's bringing in the this New Testament era do you think it's it's mirroring that shalom mm. stuff I'm sure it is <clears throat> I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what the word is in the original language but it must be following on from that um, I don't think there's going to be a difference Except perhaps in intensity, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, mm. they would be more aware, I believe, of, well, simply the presence of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. we're talking about the manifestation of that presence. Mm. Um, I think when you're, when you're looking at the gifts, of, uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit, it, we shouldn't try and box them off separately from each other. Absolutely. You know, 
it's this one it's receiving fruit. the spirit yeah. <laughs> and the spirit shows himself in different ways in different people in different circumstances yeah so my experience of peace will be different from yours mm. because your circumstances are different from mine. Absolutely. You've got three little ones at the moment. I haven't got that. <laughs> so my peace is very different. Um, I've been through the tough time of losing my wife. You've not had that, but I'm sure you've had similar experiences. Mm. Um, and I think it's in the pressure times that the fruit appears. Mm. Um, if everything's straightforward and sunshine and blue skies uh, we don't need patience you know it just life's straightforward yeah when the tough times come that's when you need the grit and the just the presence of the holy spirit yeah well there's been a there's been a shift hasn't there in culture Kind of certainly within my generation where, you know, I've never really experienced war or uh, significant poverty or, you know, where we've had to do rationing or uh, blackouts or, you know, the whole general strike thing. I've just never, you know, I'm nearly 30 years old and I've never, ever experienced the the reality of that for myself. Yeah. Um, and there's there's been a, a an almost a sanitization of suffering. Mm. And so when, when tough things start to happen with people, certainly as I've experienced within people of my own age, that the world starts to fall apart yeah. because they've not had inbuilt into them um, uh, strategies and coping mechanisms. I don't really like using those words, but it's, it's that kind of thing. And how mm. do you deal with the tough times? Yeah. And of course, then the world presents its own answers for stuff, but all of it falls short. Yeah. Um, to this living relationship with, with God. Yeah. And it's interesting where you have Paul coming, don't you? And it's this life in the spirit. And it's life. This stuff is just what we experience in life. The need for self-control and the need for patience and the need for um, goodness and kindness and all that kind of stuff. This is just our daily living experience. Mm. And the Holy Spirit is, is trying to... <coughs> is helping us to build all of this into us that yeah. that grit, that yeah. maturity, so yeah. that we can live life in the kingdom in the fullest possible sense. Yes, you just prompted me there, um, <coughs> mentioning rationing and so on, because mm. I was born in the middle of the Second World War. Wow. I go back a long way. <laughs> um, and, and rationing was a fact of life for the first probably 10 years of my life. Oh, was it that long? I didn't yeah. realise. Oh, right, okay. it, it was worse probably after the war than it was during the war, oh, in many right. respects. Okay. Um, so yes, I remember the ration books. and Mum having to cope with this little bit of whatever it was. Um, and it does build a resilience in you. You just... The phrase often used is just get on with it. Yeah. And people did just get on with it. And as you say... Um, these days, I think people are, well, it's hard to generalise, but some people find it hard to accept that life isn't easy, straightforward um, and comfortable. It has lots of wrinkles and lots of tough times um, of varying intensity. <laughs> yeah, when you have the, the giant list that Paul gives in, is it in 2 Corinthians, where he says, these are all the trials and tribulations that I've mm. been through with the persecutions and the stonings and the shipwrecks and yeah all of that kind of stuff and yet yeah. through it all 
he has to be a presence of peace. Mm. I was struck actually by um, I was listening uh, just yesterday. I think it was in um, one of the pastoral epistles where uh, he says in his final greetings that um, he's left um, Trophimus. I think it was Trophimus sick. Like Paul leaving somebody mm. sick. <laughs> Surely the apostle can just pray for him and he, he gets better. And, and, you know, even in those days where they are seeing resurrections and, and significant healings and miracles yeah. and all that taking place, and even in, in those moments, they're still having to, to deal with um, the illnesses and all the trials and tribulations. And, all, and Paul is really speaking from his <coughs> vast experience in mm. all of this yeah um which i think is uh, is often kind of maybe glossed over i think in people's imagination um yeah because it can just seem like the the apostle comes and brings his teaching and we go oh yeah that's very nice teaching but actually it's birthed from his decades of experience and thinking and praying and, yes. and meditating in the spirit and the tough times that we have are probably nothing compared to what he had <laughs> Because we have so many comforts around us. Mm. Colossians chapter 3. Mm -hmm. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Um, that has lived with me for many years. I began to learn it years and years ago. And it keeps coming back. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The word for rule is umpire or referee. Okay. As in a sports match. Yeah. Um, so John McEnroe appealing to the referee, the umpire. I cannot be serious. <laughs> um, in our own lives, I think it's important, particularly when we've got a big decision to make, yeah. that we consult the referee. Mm. And that's the Holy Spirit. Very good. And only if we get peace do we go forward. Mm. I think it was Helen Burton years ago, dear Helen, who used to be with us from the start of the church, uh, who taught me that lesson. I don't know whether she was aware that she'd taught me it. Um, testing out whether something is of God, it, you know, should I push this door to see if it opens or should I walk away and try another one? And for her, one of the big tests was always, do I have a piece about it? Yeah. That was the arbiter the referee, the umpire, the judge. And I can think of situations in my own life where I haven't had a piece about something. I've gone in, for example, when I was headmastering, gone into a conversation with parents and gone at it completely wrong right. because my attitude was wrong. Yeah, okay. I didn't have a piece about it. Mm. And it was a mess. Mm. And at the end, I had to apologise and sort of backtrack. Um, I think that is important, particularly with the big decisions of life. Yeah. You know, that we have a sense of peace. And that very often means waiting. Yeah. Oh, I've heard from God, therefore I'll... No, test it, check it. Have you got a peace? Yeah. Ask other Christians, people you trust, people who are more mature than you. Yeah. And then... If the general sense gives you a feeling of peace, yeah. then I would say go ahead. 
Yeah, there, I was listening to um, a guy called Pete Scazzaro who leads a church in, uh, or used to lead a church in New York, but he was saying about um, in attaining the peace of God in in those big decisions. He said that um, what he would do was he would he would try and be um, mentally in a place where he would live for four weeks where he had made one of the decisions, so to speak, and uh, he would know after normally quite quickly but he'd try and do it for three or four weeks and he would just he would know definitely by the end of it which one was the right one mm. because his peace was so disturbed or it was it was quite trans transforming quite palpable i suppose for him yeah. um and uh, it's just good advice isn't it mm. especially in the big decisions yeah um test it and yeah. to take your time as well don't be rushed into making unless of course you have to mm. do it in a <laughs> short time around but then that's where the anointing of God comes to some yes. and yeah. the grace of God in those moments but he's he's constantly trying to teach us to become mature isn't he and I know for me I've been in moments where I've been like God please just tell me what you want me to do mm. so that I can go and do it yeah. um, and very often he's he's just trying to teach us so that we can be like him and make the decisions that he would do mm. it's, it's in jeremiah doesn't it where it says that he's going to write the the law of the covenant on on our hearts yeah. so that we're not having to constantly go to him but we can be his ambassadors mm. here that doesn't mean that we're totally separate from him in relationship and all that kind of stuff but that he's bringing us to this place of maturity where we're no longer yeah. having to hold his hand so to speak I like to visualize a typical day in the life of Jesus mm. when he's going about ministering. Yeah. You know, how did he start his day? Well, we know that very often he was he was up before anybody and he was out by himself praying, yeah. waiting on God. But then all the different people and situations clamoring for his attention through the day. Mm. How many of those did he know in advance? Probably very few, if any. Yeah. Um, he perhaps got up and thought well I'm going to go and do that today but then somebody came or this person needs healing or this Pharisee is asking him a question <laughs> but you never sense that he's caught off guard mm. yeah. I suppose because he was never on his guard he, he didn't need to be Yeah. he was so close to the Father and the Spirit secure that, in who he was Yes. Yeah. yes that whatever situation arose during the day he could meet it yeah with that sense of calm and assurance and make the right decision yeah and he didn't have a lot of time mm. but the the peace and the assurance was there and it just showed itself so even when he's going to the house of the mm. official where the daughter is dying mm. and the woman comes and claims his mm -hmm. attention yeah, with the bleeding problem, he doesn't think, say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I've got to go there." He deals with the woman first. Mm -hmm. She gets her healing. He teaches her a lesson, <laughs> and then he goes on his way. <laughs> Just remarkable. Yeah, I mean, I, putting myself in that situation, I, I just would not have coped with that. <laughs> I really wouldn't. What's remarkable as well with with that is, I think it's um, even more pronounced when you read Mark is that you see the busier that Jesus gets, the more time he spends with the Father. Yes. And that um, you, he, he recognises the importance of um, his strength and his capacity being drawn from the Father. He's, 
he's living as a human on earth mm. he? he's put aside his godliness so to speak um so that he can be like us mm. every day but it's the the busier that he gets the more time and you just yeah. like uh, it sounds bad to say but often in the busyness of life for me it's the first thing that goes you forget to um, spend a bit of time in prayer or you need that extra half an hour in bed to yes. <laughs> sleep in yeah. or or whatever. Yeah, is it Mark's Gospel where the, the word immediately keeps coming mm. in? Mm. Immediately this and then he's finished with that one then immediately. So much is happening. Life so life. how have you in seasons of busyness, um, how have you prioritised being with God so that you can maintain being that presence of peace? I've always been able to get up early in the morning. Mm. Even when I had two young lads growing up, I made sure that I had time with God. It wasn't always as long a time as I got now, <laughs> but I made sure that I had time in the Word, in prayer, just waiting on God before anything else in the day. And, and I really believe that's crucial. If I'm getting up and just going straight into whatever the day's demands are, it could be very hit and miss. Mm. But if I've spent even a short time, quality time with God, even five, ten minutes, uh, waiting on God and allowing his presence to impact my spirit and my mind so that my mind is at peace mm -hmm. then I feel I can face the day so very practically then David how do you how do you do that what what are you what are you doing are you sitting at a chair are you praying particular prayers are you just waiting on God what's the it varies okay um I always try to have my Bible open in that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've several times done the Bible through a year in different formats. Uh, and some years I just say, no, I'm just going to pick a passage, even a couple of verses, start of the day, just focus on those, meditate on those, <clears throat> let God speak to me. Um, I've got my prayer lists. I mean, these days I can use all of them all the time. Mm. When I had two small lads growing <laughs> up, I couldn't. Um, I wasn't as organised then. <laughs> so I would just wait on God as well as I could. Um, but I think, for me, it had to be first thing of the day. And then I sensed the okay, as it were, from God okay. to get into whatever the day was going to bring. If I can talk a bit about the, the Gwen situation. Yeah. <coughs> um, my awareness of peace <laughs> through all that was, it was beyond understanding. I think particularly on the day when she passed away, mm -hmm. I was just amazed how the word serene comes to mind and I wouldn't think of myself as being serene, yeah. it's not that kind of word, but looking back on it I just felt a serenity 
And I know um, the elders had asked the church to pray and fast over three days because we knew that the end was near if God did not intervene. Mm. Um, but I, I, I recalled 20 years before that being in Israel with a touring party. It was just after 9-11 and there weren't touring parties in Israel <laughs> at that time. But we were there. Uh, John and Julia Sutton-Smith were there, Gwen and I, and Ralph and Kate Hilton were in mm. the party. And we got to this kibbutz on the far side of the Sea of Galilee and we were staying there one night. And when we arrived, there was a message for me, go to the office of the kibbutz at such and such a time. There's going to be a phone call from Dave Gregg. And immediately you think, well, it must be serious if they're ringing us here in the middle of Israel. Who can it possibly be? And your, mm -hmm. your mind starts whirring and whirring. And sadly, when I got the phone call, it was to learn that Linda Bissett had passed away, um, leaving Malcolm and four children. She'd gone to bed one night and just not woken up the next day for no obvious reason. And the reason Dave was phoning to speak to me was that they wanted me to take the funeral. So they didn't want me landing back from Israel and suddenly confronted with it, so mm -hmm. phone him while he's out there. Well, from the office, going back to tell Gwen, I was an absolute blubbering wreck. Mm. I just could not get the words out. I was so overcome by emotion. And then, having told Gwen eventually, I had to go to John and Julia. And the same thing. Mm. Just sobbing my heart out, blubbering away like an idiot. And eventually got the message out. Fast forward 20 years, and I was saying to God, when Gwen passes, I do not want to be a blubbering wreck. Mm. I will have people I need to phone and talk to. And the word serenity really applies, because I was with Gwen as she passed away. It was, she was peaceful, I was peaceful. We had, there had been, I had had tears, mm. but no sort of wailing and gnashing of teeth, yeah, yeah. to use a biblical expression. Uh, and Gwen had said all along, I don't want lots of tears and sobbing and crying and moaning. And she didn't get it. <laughs> um, but I pressed the buzzer for the nurse to come and she came and confirmed Gwen had passed away. Uh, and then she said, well, can you go outside for 15 minutes? Uh, we need to make certain checks and do this, that and the other. I said, yes. So I, this was at the Queen's Court Hospice. So I went to the car, in the car park, and I made six phone calls. Uh, two boys, my brother, my brother-in-law, my niece, and Jeff Grice, <laughs> to let the church know. And I was calm and peaceful and clear-headed, speaking to all of them. Mm. These are all your, your closest... Yeah, friends and family. And they were the ones. I, I didn't want to be a blubbering wreck for them because that would upset them. Mm. And I was just amazed. The peace of God which passes understanding. Yeah. It certainly passed my understanding. <laughs> and people have said, what about the grieving process? Somebody said it takes three years to grieve. Mm for someone you've been so close to. And I thought, well, I wonder why. 
But on reflection, I, I probably grieved while she was yeah. suffering motor neurone disease and gradually squeezing the life out of her and taking her speech. And she can't speak, she can't eat, she can't drink. Um, her life is so inhibited. She's a different person. I think I grieved as much then yeah. as I did afterwards. So afterwards, it was more relief and gratitude because I knew where she was. I had absolute assurance that she was with Jesus mm. immediately. And just grateful that all that MND rubbish had finished. Mm. Um, and that again gave me a peace um, for her and for myself. Mm. Um, I didn't have to be thinking about carers coming and district nurses coming yeah, yeah. contacting the hospice and the doctor and all that stuff. It just all went. Mm. And in the days following, <laughs> I was rediscovering how many hours there are in the day. <laughs> yeah? Because my life had been so much Gwen focused. Da da yeah. da 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 da. And then another day and blah, 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 blah. feeding tube two or three times a day, etc. etc. Yeah. Uh, I've always been comfortable with my own company and I think that helps. Yeah. I think for some people they have to have noise of, of one degree or another, either other people with them yeah. or listening to something, the radio or the television on in the background or whatever it is. I'm not that kind of person. I wouldn't say I'm antisocial, but I can't talk just for the sake of talking. Mm -hmm. I enjoy a good conversation. I enjoy laughter, obviously. Well, I say obviously. <laughs> I hope it's obvious. Um, but I'm comfortable with my own company. Yeah. And I get a lot of that now, where I'm just aware through the day of moments when God just prompts me I'm thinking in one direction and I'll just get a nudge that says that rather than that. Mm. And again, I have a peace about that because I know it's from God. Yeah, okay. Um, sometimes I'm not sure. I uh, wake up and I think, well, there's either that or that I can do today. And I just wait on God and the answer comes. Yeah. It all comes out of a relationship. Um, that C.S. Lewis quote. Yeah. You know, God can't give you peace apart from Himself. Mm. It's just impossible. Yeah. Um, so I've. I would say my relationship with God has changed since Gwen's passing. Simply because it's just me and God. Yeah. And many a day I'm entirely on my own. Mm -hmm. I don't talk to anybody else um, unless I go out deliberately and yeah. do things out of the house. But I'm comfortable with that and I really have enjoyed the presence of God. Mm. And part of that is the peace that he brings. Yeah. I think as well one of the things that you're kind of drawing on is the uh, <coughs> the, the deliberate choice in trusting God and who he is mm. and because there is a total and utter trust in him there's just 
a peace that comes mm. from that. And it's mm. peace that's given by God. Um, there's the, the supernatural peace, the peace that passes all understanding that you had in the moment of Gwen's passing and in time since and before. Um, <clears throat> but then there's uh, that a peace that, that will just come from just trusting in God mm. and, and recognising that everything is in his hands. He has it all under his control and so therefore I can trust and I don't have to carry that burden, I don't have to carry that worry, I don't have to carry that anxiety. And that's when you can be a, a carrier of his peace. Isn't, mm. it? It, isn't it Paul that writes that the kingdom of God isn't a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And when we... It's that um, you were you quoted it before, didn't you? About the allowing the peace of God to rule in your life, mm. and it's that that letting, giving God the authority and the sovereignty and all of that kind of stuff, which then releases a a peace, yeah. a rest. Yeah. It's part of the the Sabbath stuff, I guess that that you see mm. taking place, don't you? Where you know you have when you go back. <clears throat> to Genesis and God creates the world in six days and then he rested you don't find him picking up his tools again <laughs> mm. to start creation or do something more it's just a permanent rest mm. um, and uh, the writer to the Hebrews he talks about Jesus being this rest that we can come in True. and take place in Yeah, growing up as I did in a Methodist family um, there were lots of things we didn't do on a Sunday mm. And that was Sabbath, yeah. as far as we were concerned. Um, I mean, we didn't have a television until I was 11. Mm -hmm. um, but we didn't go to the shops. We didn't play organised sport. Well, lots of things we didn't do um, because Sunday morning service, Sunday afternoon, Sunday school, Sunday evening service. Mm -hmm. That was Sunday, more or less catered for. Uh, and the bits in between, um, there wasn't a lot you could do. <laughs> so I, I'm afraid I had a fairly negative view. view of what Sabbath was about. And I've had to come round from that to a more positive mm. view that in the goodness of God, he programs us so that we do need a period of rest. Mm. I won't say a day because for some people that's impossible. Yeah. Um, to have a complete day of complete rest, particularly if you've got three young children. Um, but to discipline yourself, to set aside periods when you do switch off mm -hmm. from the normal routine and say, well, this is, this is different. I think that's vitally important. Yeah, I've had to, um, my uh, day off used to be on a Thursday and I changed it probably about a year or so ago to a Friday so that I had a Friday, Saturday off just mm. because I found that I needed that Friday to be able to actually switch off for the Saturday. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, what I have found is how unrested I feel even if I'm taking a little bit of work and thinking, oh, I'll just squeeze that in on Saturday morning or I'll do this on Friday evening or, mm. or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and just finding that um, 
that's not so it really isn't good for me yeah. and what I end up doing then is I, I just build up this uh, it, it's a bit like um, I think the best way to describe it is you know when you get a build up of lactic acid in your muscles and you just get so much and then eventually you just need to I just need <laughs> to crash basically mm. which is never good when you when you hit that point mm. um, and so I found just on a personal level how important that's that's been um, and so for me doing doing that and and I think I'm I'm much like you I get my energy from being on my own I enjoy my own time I enjoy my own space um, sitting down having a bit of music in the background and reading a book that's uh <laughs> that's the best time mm. um, and so I've had to work really hard to rewire the way that I think about my resting time particularly with having my family yeah. with me and um, in particular not uh, just enjoying doing nothing with them even if that nothing is going off to a national trust or mm. going off for a walk or yeah. anything like that I want to do and you know there's stuff to do in the garden there's stuff to do in the shed and there's all that stuff to do around the house or ticking people off that we need to go and see or anything like that but it's just the delighting in the family that God has given me and just really enjoying that and, and treating that and loving that as part of my, my rest. Mm. It's been something that is, I'm still working on and trying to get all of the goodness out of it. Yeah. But it's transformed the way that I live. It, it's had to because otherwise I'd end up being resentful to my family. Mm. And I don't, I really don't want to be resentful to my family at all. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think just in, and in certainly being a peaceful presence to my family, and it's been really important for me to to learn to do that, mm. particularly in a world of hurry. And the world is uh, constantly encouraging you to a life of busyness and sure. do this and do that and yes. activity. And I think I <coughs> saw something. I can't think where I saw it just this morning. Uh, somebody said, "Well." When I'm doing nothing, I'm doing nothing. That doesn't mean I'm available to do something else. <laughs> it means I'm doing nothing. <laughs> you know, and this is my time. Nothing happens. Yeah. There's uh, somebody in the church that they'll take, um, they'll take time off. And uh, they take time off from everything. So they might be doing a, a kind of staycation from home. Um, but they won't do anything with church or anything mm. like that. It's, it's their holiday. Yeah. And I was asking them about it uh, the other week, and they were just saying, um, uh, I need to remove the clock from my life because uh, in, the clock is important because it means that I've, I can organise my life and I can go and be with stuff. But it's mm. for me to, to switch off, to rest, to re-energise. I need to get the clock out, and I just need to take that time just to be and to do and, and, and let be what will be. You're just like, oh, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> it reminds me of when I finished headmastering. Oh, yeah. You know, in a school situation, you've got bells and times yeah. timetables and so on, and suddenly retire. No bell. <laughs> How did you find that? Was it I difficult? Loved, I you loved, loved it. it. <laughs> I think, again, because I'm comfortable with my own company. Yeah, okay. I don't need people busy and noisy around me. Uh, if it has to be that, I can cope with that, but I, I, I'm happy with my own company. Mm. And uh, 
it was a bit like when Gwen had gone and I suddenly found how many hours there are in the day. Yeah, it was a similar situation. Um, it was. I mean, there were things I wanted to do. I wasn't switching off completely mm. from active life. Uh, I was only 56 when I actually took out of retirement. I still carried on doing some inspections of schools, so I, I was partly working, but not very seriously. But... Um, yeah, a lot of time I could decide what I was going to do mm. day by day. Mm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I think a time when I, I suppose anybody wakes up in the middle of the night and you think you've heard a sound <laughs> and you wonder what it was. <laughs> Is it somebody breaking in? Yeah, yeah. Um, that happens to all of us. And... In those circumstances, I, I, I learned this a long time ago as well. For me, it's either speak out the name of Jesus, because mm -hmm. there's power in the name of yeah, Jesus. that's right. And I, I just do that, Jesus, 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 until I get the peace. I may go and investigate around the house, <laughs> see if anybody broke it, but I have a peace about it. The other is to speak in tongues. Yeah, good. You know, just let the tongue flow. And the peace comes with it. Mm. Very simple, but very necessary. Yeah, for me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, to anyone that's kind of listening or, or watching, David, and um, they've they want to get more peace, they want to tap more into it. What encouragement, what exhortation would you give um, for people that are wanting to seek? to keep and to kind of live well at the risk of being repetitive <laughs> it's it is just a matter of developing our relationship with God I, I don't mind whether you talk about God Jesus the Holy Spirit for me it's the Spirit because he's the one who's now with me mm -hmm. here and now Jesus has been He's gone. He's still around, but he's... He's coming back. He's on his throne, <laughs> getting ready to come back, yeah. Um, so for me, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And just developing that relationship. And tongues does... I mean, we're taught that tongues edifies us, builds us up. I think that's part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I speak in tongues more now than I ever have done. Mm. Um and it's a good practice to do. Uh, but just having the word open, meditating on the word. People think meditating is, is either it's mystical Eastern stuff or it's, it's just jolly hard work and I haven't time to meditate. Well, you have got time to meditate. It's just a matter of um, opening the scripture, having a verse of a psalm or something like that. I'm just taking it with you through the day. Mm. You can have it written on a card. You know. Yeah. When I used to play a lot of tennis, um, I had various stickers, and I put one sticker. Uh, it's just come back to me. It said the peace of God, mm -hmm. and I stuck it on my racket, my <laughs> tennis racket, because when I played tennis, that was a situation in which I was least likely to experience the peace <laughs> of God. <laughs> Simply because... I really want to meet competitive David. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> it's still in here somewhere. <laughs> but I've not played tennis for 40 odd years now. But I was so competitive. And I lost my peace because I was not satisfied with the level I was playing at. Mm -hmm. I was making too many mistakes and not beating somebody I knew I should beat. Mm -hmm. That really irritated me. Mm -hmm. So I got this stick and I stuck it on the, just on the, the junction of the, the head of the racket, yeah. the, the frame, the peace of God. And the number of times, you know, I was about to serve and I would look <laughs> at this thing. Yes, Lord, I need your peace right now. And then I'd serve and double fault or whatever it was. You know. um, so that was a, a chastening process. But I suppose over the years, there were moments when the reality of that did hit home. Yeah. Um, in later years, I suppose, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm still very competitive deep down, but I'm not doing active sport these days, obviously. Um, but I do, you know, if I'm supporting the England rugby team or something yeah, like that, you know, yeah. I can get uh, very stirred up, <laughs> usually in the presence of John Sutton Smith, <laughs> watching rugby. Um, but we've had some good times together. Um, so, yes, it's a matter of, I was talking about meditating, I was sorry, yeah. I got sidetracked there. <laughs> Just taking a verse um, through the day with you. Um, let the word of the same chapter where I spoke about let the peace of Christ rule in your heart yeah. let the word of Christ dwell in you richly mm. it's in the same paragraph the word has to dwell it's not in and out yeah. it's let it dwell well you can do that with meditating mm. the Lord is my shepherd obvious example just take that with you through the day. Mm. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And you just focus on that yeah. for a few moments. And then halfway through the morning, the Lord is my shepherd, mm. my shepherd. Not just the shepherd, but my shepherd. I've got a personal relationship with the living God. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. My shepherd. What does that imply? I, I shall not be in want. That's wonderful. So you can just go through a verse like that through the day uh, in between all the busy stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's there, a sort of undercurrent. I find that very, very helpful. Yeah, well, it's, there's, a, there's almost a prophetic action in that because you're, you're slowing yes. down, aren't you? Yes. Taking a step back from the busyness to prioritise um, being with God. And it's so important that we do that because otherwise we get caught up in just life which is so yeah. easy to do i know <laughs> three young kids and all that kind exactly of stuff. um but the the act of purposefully slowing down to be with jesus yeah is something that's I mean, really it's, powerful it's easy for me now because i've not got a busy life mm. um in, in the way that you and other people many people most people have but i learned the lesson when i did have a busy life yeah you know to, to take the time to be with god and this Simple meditation. You don't have to sit in the lotus position <laughs> muttering mantras, you know. You, you can just take a verse of scripture, as I say, and just breathe it to yourself. Like, like the cow chewing the cud. Yeah. You know, the cow with, I don't know how many stomachs they have, but they chew a bit. It goes into the stomach. 
later in the day it comes back and they chew some more and they get more juice out of it and goodness out of it and back it goes again it's the same process mm. and somebody said if you know how to worry you know how to meditate <laughs> yeah yeah because worrying is it's focusing the on the problem yeah. and it keeps coming back it keeps coming back and you worry at it and you bite at it and you chew at it turn it this way and this way and this way and this way <clears throat> And if it's something that's going to happen tomorrow, what's the point of worrying about it anyway? Very good. It's just ruining your day today, and by tomorrow, things might have changed anyway. <laughs> well, meditating is just like worrying, only with a, a positive thrust. Yeah, that's good. I've never heard that before. That's good. All right. <laughs> Go for it. And then we say, um, it's one I learnt from the King James Version, so it goes back a long, long way. Mm. Um, it's Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. <clears throat> and it's the mind is stayed bit that I think is important. Yeah. It's the battle for the mind. I mean, I, it's one of my big themes, obviously. Yeah. Um, but people say, well, I can't focus on God all the way through the day. No, you can't. But if you can start your day with him, and when there are moments, just, as it were, adjust the compass needle of your life yeah. towards God, yeah. and you'll find that peace comes yeah. um, between the demand here and the next demand. There are always moments, even if it's while you're waiting for the kettle to boil, you know, just Put the antennae up, fix your mind just on God, even briefly. Mm. And I've found over and over again that's when peace comes. Mm. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on thee. Um, and of course when our mind strays away and we forget about God and neglect his presence, that's when the peace disappears. So... But it's it's important just to pause to 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 even see where you're at. I remember mm. being so busy once um, that when I took a moment just to be silent before God and to pause, that it was only then that I became aware of what was going on internally. Mm. And so it's so wise just taking those moments mm. and um, and we've said it so many times now, but drawing yourself back to God. Mm will just allow you to have the awareness to make the right decision, to yeah. make the right choice, so that you can live this life of peace that Jesus offers to us. Yeah. It's just, he wants to give it to us. Yeah. It's, it's whether we we choose to take it or not. Yeah. So, oh, fantastic. Well, thanks so much, David. And if you guys want to jump into anything from our Bright Side of the series, then um, just have a look. Uh, where you get your podcasts or where you're watching on YouTube. And we will see you next time. Bye.